can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really got a stream in. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you And welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I'm your host, Brandon Greenhouse, here alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Tasha Hammer. And um, yeah, we just were coming to you today. We've got a new movie for you. If you are curious about how to keep tabs on us when we're not uh, recording episodes, uh, you can find us on, on the social medias. You can find us over at Instagram. You can find us over at Facebook at Movies We Missed. And you can find us tweet, tweet, tweeting away in the award-winning, thriving um, account um, that Jane manages over mm. at Twitter. It's called MWM Chat. That's the handle mm. that you can find that one under. There's a lot going on over there. It's podcast-related. There's uh, probably some celebrity slander of some sort going on. She really, she starts going to holes and it's... You know, it's anybody's game at that point. Uh, but, you know, we do cover the movies over there, too, as well. It's almost actually we got uh, we got uh, a warning. We got a warning from um, Twitter, actually, that our account mm. was too active, which I didn't even know was a thing. But they just said, like, pull the brakes a little bit. You guys are posting. You guys are hosting a lot. And um, it is it's scary and it's um, alarming for us. And we want to make sure that, like, this isn't a bot. And I was like, well, I don't have a lot going on in the bedroom. But as far (laughs) as I know, um, she's a real live woman. I've always maintained that and just been a proud part of my identity for, you know, as long as I can remember. And I don't have a lot going on. And so, you know what? Twitter is always there for me. There's always a conversation happening and it's always super like fascinating and normal Mm. and not out of pocket. So I love to be on there just in the mix and just talking to people. But the thing that I do want to talk about for quickly, and then we're going to the episode is that, okay. So I'd say me, my mom, my grandmother, we're like a little like trio. Like my grandmother Mm -hmm. is essentially like my second mother. Like we Mm -hmm. are very, very, very close. And we always have been. And Mm -hmm. she's my favorite person in the world. And I talk to my mom, my grandmother a lot. And my mother and my grandmother talk a lot. And, like, we're, like, I feel like of the three of us, and it's to be expected because it's, like, I'm, I feel like I'm, like, the booger of the three of us. Like, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, this, like they'd both rather talk to each other. But if they can't talk to each other, then I'm the next one in line for both Are of you us. kidding me? They love you so I know, I know, I know much. they do. But I also, I mean, their relationship, obviously, has got a couple decades on, on mine with either of them. So, like, cool, cool, cool. But, like... <laughs> I like I was on the phone with like my grandmother yesterday, and this isn't the first time this has happened. I was on the phone with my grandmother. We're having a conversation, um, great conversation, lovely, um, and we're just talking about life and whatever. And then my my mom calls me while I'm on the phone with my grandmother, and I don't answer it because I'm on the phone with my grandmother. And I'm like, okay, right. I'll you know I'll text her. I'll call, I'll you call her afterwards. Yeah. And then like two minutes later, my grandmother is like, oh, your mom's calling me. I gotta go. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and I was like. 
I love that, like, I see it and I'm like, okay, I'll catch up with her in a moment. But I'm having this conversation with my grandmother and, like, it's, it's you know, like, this is a moment for us. This is our time. And my grandmother sees it and she's like, I'm I'm done with second string. Like, uh, honestly, I got the big leagues on the phone. And she <laughs> rushed me off the phone. And I, I felt like, I really did feel like that kid in, like, high school who, like, nobody wants on their team. Or, like, your friends, no. when you know when you have friends in high school, junior high school, and you know deep down inside that you lie to yourself, you know you're, like, the, the third or the fourth or the fifth will, but you pretend like you don't know it. And you're like, no, we're all equal. And you know you're not. And, like, that was the moment for me and my grandmother. She gave me that octogenarian shade, and she was like, baby, she was like, I'll talk to you later. My number one's, on the, my number one's calling. We're done like, here. Yeah, no, cool. Yeah, yeah. I was like, talk to you later, bye. Be cool too. I'm not hurt. Um, and I'm that totally is the fine way, with this. That's the way it is. And my mom does the same thing. I'll be on the phone with my mom and she'll be like, and she'll be like, oh, grandma, I gotta go. And I'm like, just good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay, yeah. Okay. I was about to say the no, same no, no. thing. I got, I got so much stuff going on anyways. So I really got to take off. And I get shaded I- by <laughs> my elders and my family all the time. I call them and they, they ghost my ass. Or they'll be like, hold on. And then they'll put me on hold while they have a whole 30-minute conversation with each other. And they won't oh to the phone to tell me to get off the phone. And like, oh, my mom I'll will bring hang it up, up. You put me on hold for more than one minute, I'm hanging up. You're better than me. And I've started. I, I learned my lesson. Way. And I brought it up to my mom. I was like, you had me on hold for 15, 20 minutes. And she was like, oh, no, yeah, no, I no. just assumed you'd know. Like... To hang, like you dumb bitch I'm just, that's essentially what she said to me was you dumb bitch I'm, I assumed that I raised a kid who had enough sense to know when they were being iced and like no longer needed and it's just like now I do so I like to I like to think but now you do and she was trying to subtly teach you a lesson but then she, she was yeah she's like put law. the pieces together oh my god if, if people other than me do that to you then I need to know that you're not waiting on the phone because that's embarrassing yeah. for me as a parent Absolutely. It's a reflection on her, honestly. So now I do that now, Jane. I like, I'll give her like two minutes and I'm like, she can call me back, which she does. Yep. Two minutes. That's too long for me. And by the way, everybody listening, you're probably thinking, wow, what a loser. Um, But no, I'm cool. (laughs) And Jane, tell them I'm cool. You are cool. And anytime you call me, no matter who I'm talking to, I say, I got to go. I got to take my my brand brand's call. Oh, Janie, I love you. I love you too. So now that you've been a part of this uh, this little uh, therapy session with me, mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that it's time to go into the movie. We've got some characters in this movie that probably could have used uh, a, an ear <laughs> an ear to chat with um, in their own little light therapy sesh. Um, I agree. I agree. And this week, we... Jane gave me the wedding singer. Yes. Brandon, for some reason, like didn't hasn't seen The Wedding Singer, which I find which I found very surprising just because I feel like it was big within our generation. It was a huge movie. It made a lot of money, a ton of money. And like, you know, this was like, I feel like everybody like quoted it a lot. You know what I mean? And like there was very. Yeah, there was a lot of like '80s nostalgia. I feel like in the late '90s, early 2000s. Like I remember, I remember going to like '80s parties when I was like, that is you true. know, in my very early 20s. And like this, like cap. This was like sort of the beginning of that, at least from my memory of like that '80s nostalgia, which like we weren't even really a part of because we were infants in the '80s. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were. We didn't know what was going on. <clears throat> But I was doing the math on this movie, and this movie came out in 1998. 
mm-hmm. and it takes place in 1985, which means if there was a movie to be released today with uh, the same time uh, period, that movie would have been based in 2009, which feels so we're too... dancing around. We're dancing around when we met, basically. <laughs> Yeah, in we met in 2008. Like, so this was if somebody went to make a throwback movie. Yeah, what would they be wearing? It like, doesn't I don't even sit know. right with me. Like it's, st- <laughs> I know that that's the truth, like 100. percent But yeah. it is one thing that I that I struggle with in my brain, and it's because it's me, obviously, and you know my context for this time period. But it's like there's nothing to me. It feels too soon for like 09, like 2010, yeah, to be yeah. like nostalgic. Like I it agree. feels like it just happened, and it feels like. It feels like when I think about like the '90s to the '80s, I feel like there are like mo- like there are fashion and music moments of note. And like totally. for me, there's something that, and it's because I'm too close to it all. But there's something about like yeah. the early like teens that feels like nothing. Like it doesn't feel like there's anything of note for it to be sort of like explored as like a separate entity to me. Like I don't think about it, and it's because I lived through it. And it all blur, blur, is blurred together for me. But right. I don't think of like the aught teens, like <clears throat> 2010, 20, 2009, 2008 is like, oh my God, that time period where like this happened and this Where happened. like and all of our clothes were so crazy. And yeah, like, it doesn't feel like, that way. It doesn't, like the culture of 2010 and or 2009 does not feel like that's like different i mean obviously there are differences we don't wear the same thing before then but like it doesn't feel as extreme from you know 1985 to 1998 it feels like there's i think it's because it feels like i there's more of a through line to me and there's more fluidity when i think about like the like 09 to like 2022 as opposed to like 85 to 98 like the, like 85 to 98 feel to me like very distinct p- time periods and like even totally. 98 to like 2009 that period feels like you could show me something that somebody was wearing in like 2009 and you could show me what somebody was wearing in 1998 and i don't know that naturally i would be like whoa these are disparate like I feel like there's like a lot more of like a gray area and like this way in which they coalesce than like, like, I feel like there's something so specific and distinct about the 70s and yes. about the 80s and about the 90s. And I feel like when we get into the early 2000s, and this could just be me and my delusion, but I feel like when we get into like the early aughts into like the tins, I don't think that I'm like, whoa, whoa. I wonder, I wonder moment. if it has to do with like the, um, you know, the onset of like the internet and social mm. media and they're just being so much happening that like it's hard to pull out distinctive styles from you know what i mean there's certain things of course that you could call out but like the way that that we have um embraced like many different styles and looks and and cultures within you know from you know, 2010 to now or 2009 to now, because there's so much out there and there's so much for us to consume that there doesn't feel like there's one specific like look or time or, you know, or type of music or or that kind of thing that comes out from that time period. I think that that is one of the smartest things you've ever said, Jane. Oh my 
my god thank I you think that that was, <laughs> i think that that is 1000 correct i think that that's exactly what it is it is the it's the influx of like the internet and the ways that like yeah. people were able to utilize it before then i feel like you were you were beholden to television and film and you know music and like and something like MTV and that was the right. ways in which we got our directives and a lot of that mm-hmm. was still happening in like the early 2000s but with um the influx of like the internet and like the burgeoning sort of like social media movement the ways right. in which people were able to connect then provides them with like a myriad of ways to like explore self-expression and i'm not saying that there wasn't mm-hmm. like you know there wasn't it I'm not saying that there wasn't the same sort of thing happening during like the during like the 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 preceding like decades. There obviously was. There wasn't one way to be to exist and to be fashionable in the 80s or the 70s or the 60s. -hmm. But I think that like there's a way in which people were able to pull from those decades in the early aughts and also be in conversation with like people and their fashion all over the world that made it feel less sort of um less funneled and like right. more expansive like the, the exactly. potential for what like the culture could be was because you could by find because you could find your subculture yes anywhere and there, so there was so much going on that like you found your little pocket in the of the world like maybe you were the only person you know a, a small group within your own town that you know dressed or consumed a certain type of music or whatever yeah but like you had, you know, thousands, millions of people across the world that you could communicate through the internet with. That is, um, and that's a really good point. It actually kind of like, that's a really interesting conversation. It makes me kind of want to like talk to like my mom a little bit. And I'm like, I'm really curious what like your brother would have to say, like about mm-hmm. that and like the ways in which like, and your parents too, like, like yeah. the ways in which they have the do how they feel about this sort of hypothesis of like the reason why certain trends were able to exist during certain time periods and like able mm-hmm. to dominate because totally. I think that that's really important. Like the quote unquote popular styles. And I do remember certain things very specifically, like having like a moment. Like I remember the yeah. Seamster haircut became a thing. I remember that yeah. was distinct. I remember like it's, I swear to God, like Avril Lavigne came out and then like within like a week or two, I remember every girl at my high school had gone to either gone to like a uh, goodwill or salvation army or to their dad's mm-hmm. closet and like <laughs> procured like these like old the like tie. ratty neckties and they yeah. were all wearing a shirts and ne- and um and neckties all of them mm-hmm. and i remember being like oh my like i remember having that thought like whoa because we had just discovered avril lavigne complicated had just come out and i remember like it was like, oh, wow, this is a really catchy song. And then it was everywhere. And they all grew totally. their hair out or got the extensions. And it was just like, oh, we're, this is it. This is this, this is the this defining is what moment we're doing. And the girls yeah. were either wearing that or they had those really crunchy curls and the polos mm-hmm. on multi-layered polos with the puka shell totally. necklaces. Uh, so you are correct. And there are those distinct things. But I think you didn't have to just be that. And you weren't a we- you weren't necessarily a weirdo, quote unquote. Right. If you didn't like fall in line with like the dominating trends. Yeah. And that was an and alternative think, trend too, by the way. Yeah. And I think there were there were, as you were saying, there were those moments, but there were more of those moments than there were, I think, because of access to other people yes. like like you. And so it's hard to pick out one thing that defines that, you know, that time period. Absolutely. So that leads us into the movie yeah. this week, which is Le Wedding Singer, um, Le Chanteuse, 
Les Chantus un nuptials? For my French heads out there. Um, and that's for my, probably... I for my baguettes prob- out there. Yeah, absolutely. Baguette, wink. <laughs> and that's... Words? I said wink. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not <a> wink. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> that's a new one. I feel like that French is probably perfect. So no need to you Google don't have that to fill. or anything. <laughs> and you can go ahead and keep that probably. <laughs> because yeah. I'm telling you it is. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to anybody, any of our French speakers. DM us and let us know if that's right. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. Comment allez-vous? Oui, oui. Oui, oui. <laughs> All right, let me just hop into the synopsis so we can start getting down to the knit grit. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to hear it. I love your voice. <clears throat> Thank you. It's 1985 and you live in Ridgefield, New Jersey. You're engaged to the person of your dreams and you're about to have an incredibly elegant wedding to celebrate. But who do you call to make sure the dance floor is on fire for your big night? If you have any brains at all, you're booking the best wedding singer in town, Robbie Hart. Although Robbie is in demand in his line of work, he wouldn't mind changing a few things. He lives in his sister's basement and dreams about life as a successful songwriter. But he's generally happy. He's engaged to Linda, his sweetheart of six years. They're gearing up to get hitched next week. Everything is set. The flowers, the dress, the tux, the venue, the limo, you name it. For Robbie, the big day can't come soon enough. He's been wanting to start his own family since his parents passed away when he was 10. The week before, Robbie's working a wedding and meets Julia, the waitress. She's the definition of the girl next door, who's just moved into town and is awaiting her own wedding to her knight in shining armor, Glenn. Robbie and Julia hit it off as friends, and it just so happens that Julia is working Robbie's wedding next week. What a time to be alive. Unfortunately for Robbie, things don't go exactly as planned on his wedding day. You know how it goes. We all have those details that we obsess over leading up to the day, and we just have to let go of it and have a good time. This isn't exactly that. You see, Linda didn't show to the wedding, which is, no matter how you look at it, a pretty major detail. Linda has disappeared and Robbie falls into a deep depression. Julia, being a great friend, wants to help pull Robbie out of it. So she invites him along to help plan her wedding. At first, Robbie resists, but then he starts to realize how much fun he's having with her. Maybe their feelings are a bit stronger than just a platonic, run-of-the-mill, opposite-gender friendship you see thriving in all these romantic comedies. Along this journey, Robbie starts to realize what a huge piece of shit Glenn is. Now, this isn't Robbie developing hateful feelings for Glenn just because he's falling for Julia. Glenn really is a liar and a cheater. Not only that, he's condescending, thoughtless misogynist who doesn't treat Julia like a partner, but a silly woman he has to keep relatively happy. What a lucky gal. Robbie starts to wonder if Julia will ever catch on. Will she really go through with this marriage when she has true love staring her in the face? Robbie has to tell her he has real feelings for her, but will he be able to do it? Will Julia realize she has real feelings for Robbie too? Will the final scene take place on an enormous airplane, which I find incredibly distracting since we're loaded into aircrafts like sardines these days? Find out in the 1998 masterpiece, The Wedding Singer. There you go. There you we go. We did it folks. on him. We did it on him. We shit it on him. 
Were you quote were you quoting Nicki Minaj there? I was, but I don't know why I found like your like one upmanship of it like aggressive. <laughs> I'm sorry, but well behaved women rarely make history, sis. I was just going for <laughs> I was giving them the unedited. I wasn't giving them the Walmart version. I loved it and I loved it. That we all got for Christmas and were upset about. Yeah. <laughs> or was that just me? <laughs> Those CDs that I could do nothing with. Um, I remember when that came out, I think I was with Matt Perone and we drove to Best Buy to go buy it. Oh, you were like, we're getting the adult version. Yep. <laughs> Explicit, baby. <laughs> Not like me with that first Missy Elliott album, baby. I was, in, I was mm-hmm. hot. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> baby, won't you what? flick me in the car? I was like, what? Like, What's going on here? I do not what want the CD. Radio edit is this shit. <laughs> radio edit. Um, yeah, no, I want no part of it. So yes, Jane, you have set us up. This movie is, uh, it's a blast from the past. But as Jane mentioned, it's like, Although, like, we were, like, around, we, like, weren't forming incoherent sentences, and we weren't able to walk, much like us in the early aughts. So, um... We were pooping in diapers, too, much like us in the early aughts. And you still, right? Sometimes. (laughs) Soon. Okay, nice. Um, So, yeah, we don't have to... That was for all of um, Jane's OnlyFans um, subscribers, by the way. So just keep tabs. We're going to get the videos posted uh, pretty soon. So everybody, (laughs) wait it out for the diaper. Girls gotta pay the rent. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so back. To, so, I'm so back sorry. To the, no, I led I'm you there. Sorry. I led I'm, you there, and then to the you just scat tried porn to make jokes. <laughs> we tried to put lipstick on that thing. But you said oink earlier too, so it's full circle. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. So so there's a lot. The thing I love about Adam Sandler movies that this movie also features. I'm I am, by the way. I know you're all probably like, no, you're not, you damn liar. But I actually am a big like Adam Sandler movie fan. Um, he's been putting out some mess lately. But <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm not a fan of every Adam. I'm not Sandler a fan movie. of everyone either. And then the ones that people are like, oh, you need to watch that. He's incredible and like Uncut Gems. And then this new Hustler one, people are saying is good too. I haven't made it to those yet. But I Y'all, will say, let me tell you, and I'm gonna say this now, and I'm not. Yeah, and apologize for it. Give it. I turned off Uncut Gems. I thought it was boring as hell. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Uh, you know what? I felt sorry. that way about, I kind of felt that way about uh, Punch Drunk Love. And I love Emily Watson. I, I actually really nice liked job. Punch Drunk Love, Love, but I I would, his character in Punch Drunk Love was not likable, which maybe was the point, but I did like that movie. But Uncut Gems, I was so, fu- I was like, no one i'm rooting for no one which you don't always have to root for someone there doesn't have to be yeah there doesn't have to be like a protagonist that you're like no but like certainly i want something to look forward to and i was not doing that in that movie i did not find it interesting our producer david has come in with spanglish anyone um i have not seen spanglish i loved spanglish oh i've never seen it it's a it's a, a cloris leishman tail leone moment which works oh, for me know. madam secretary baby <laughs> the, the former I, mrs taya leone Duchovny. <laughs> i feel like my friend george is in an episode of madam secretary he's in all the cbs you know dramas he 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 always makes an appearance as like some sort of russian gangster i don't know why nice. he was cast as like a russian person but i want to be in i want to be in in a show but i want it i always want to be like the high drama moment i want it of, to course, be, of course i want it to be like the person who like you know goes toe to toe and is like head of secretary are you talking about committing treason 
<laughs> like I want it to be like high stakes. They're like, they asked me to just, I'm like, I'm literally supposed to just come in and hand her a folder. And I'm like, <laughs> you make I'm it. sorry, Madam Secretary, but are, are you talking about killing the sitting president of the United States? And they're like, you're fired instantly. Um, we can have one of the yeah. PAs do that. Like, exactly. You had one job and you're making it really difficult. You were supposed to hand her a cuppa and that's it, buddy. Um, <laughs> so so I'm here for it. So any Taylor moment, I'm I'm always gonna I'm always gonna support my girl. She- Absolutely. I I really like Spanglish, but I understand why it's not like it's I don't know if it like people love that movie, but I really liked it. I haven't seen I'm realizing as we're talking how many Adam Sandler movies I've not seen. <laughs> the classics i've seen like happy gilmore and like i've seen happy billy gilmore. madison and this one billy madison uh, so that mainly i guess we're, that's the movie i really like <laughs> if we're, if we're actually like, talking about down, like you actually just like billy madison <laughs> i just really like one um i love billy madison though when i was a billy madison was one of the first movies as a kid like we've talked about naked gun on here before but yeah. when i was a child i remember seeing billy madison at the movie theater and i remember laughing so i thought it was so funny i did too it was like the it was so it was irreverent and it was like Mm -hmm. everything that happened in it was so like like out of the box and i'd never seen a film like that where it was just like we're doing whatever we want right the rules in life don't apply in this film i really didn't and like Always R.I.P. to comic great Chris Farley as the bus driver. Oh my god, he Amazing. always understood the assignment. And talk about and movies movie. I loved as a kid. All Chris Farley movies. I thought he was the funniest fucking person. To I mean, all the so um, funny. Tommy Boy movies and yes. Black Sheep and all that. Him and Spade. I was like, they are. Like they're, I mean, they am- amazing. The thing about Chris Farley too, this isn't a this this isn't a Chris Farley movie. I know. The thing about Chris Farley too, though, is that he was always so funny, but he always had like such heart. Like he always brought like yeah. such sensitivity to like the parts, and I think that's one of the reasons why so many of those movies endure is because uh, they had so much. There was so much heart to them, and so like yeah, like he always mm-hmm. made in any part he had, even even a small part like that. It was always like he brought something so special to it. Yeah, um, I think there was always a sweetness within him that shines yes. through and everything. And I think that that's like part of the reason why he's so beloved too, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. agree. No. Oh my God. Um, so this movie reminded me a lot of those films in the sense that like mm-hmm. one thing I do love about like these, about these Adam Sandler movies is I love what he does with like sort of um, like ancillary characters. I love the ways that yes. he utilizes them. And I love like the that part of his world building where it's like, we're just going to bring in people who are like over the top outlandish and we're going to give them these small roles sprinkled throughout the movie and we're going to use them as the tool for creating this sort of like hyper reality um and that this this movie is like the perfect example of that too it's like you have so many people who don't have a huge amount of time in this movie Mm -hmm. but really fucking eat their time up you know eat it when they are on film and like that to me is such like an snl universe thing you know where it's like get in get out do the funniest thing possible you know possibly move the story along but really you're here for like just again the world building and and just being you know the comic relief we're here to have a good time yeah exactly have a good time i mean my favorite person to do that in this movie is steve buscemi 
Oh, I love it. It's just so yeah. messy. Like, it's so good. It's so good. It is like, and of course you would like, of course you would love it because like, it is like, it is that like cringe can't look away. Um, yes. It's the cringe and the can't look away for me where it's just like moments happening. And also Jane, a part of the reason that I thought also you picked this movie was because obviously you were at a very dear friend's wedding this weekend, um, yes. this past weekend. And so like mm-hmm. that also tied into me for this film and had me thinking like, oh yeah, of course, like, you know, uh, a wedding that... You know, hopefully we we haven't a chance to really chat about it, but we will. Um, and um, yeah, but I like that that idea of like the idea of like a wedding that probably went a lot more right. <laughs> Here's hoping. Oh um, yeah, no, I might. Yeah, it was one of my best friends who got married, and we it was an incredible wedding. We had so much oh, fun. It was so beautiful. I was a bridesmaid, and we just had the best time. And it was it was perfect. It was you know, and and it was funny to watch. I I did pick this movie because I was just at um you know the wedding, and I was like. I, at first I wanted to do a Boston movie because I was, you know, in the Boston area, but then um, the movie I picked Brandon had seen already. So then um, we, I thought of the wedding singer and it is so perfect because it was so funny to see how messy a wedding could be. Like the, the <laughs> I mean, possibilities, baby. The possibilities are freaking endless. And I also think it's so funny that in so many movies, like, People get left at the altar all the time, but I don't think that happens very often in real life. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, it's a conversation before. The weirdest thing that I've right. ever seen at a wedding—I was—I was, I was a child. I actually, haven't been to that many weddings, especially as an adult. But I remember being at a wedding. It was one of my, yeah, my cousin too, but like my mom's like first cousins. I was a right. child, you know. I remember mm-hmm. her and her husband's wedding, and the best man fainted at the wedding it was and it was we were in the south and i think what it was was just he was dehydrated or hot and who knows if they had all been out drinking the night before or something Mm -hmm. but everybody was like in their 20s and i i just remember being in like the second row of the wedding and i remember like in the middle of the wedding the he just like he sort of like started stumbling and then he just passed out and then his wife i think was one of the bridesmaids and she started screaming and it got really wild for like 15 minutes and they got him oh my god But I remember being a kid being like, oh, my God, I didn't didn't know that it could go down like that. Um, and all of us. And also, I could have cared less because all I wanted was that raw icing from like the 90s uh, from the weddings that they don't use anymore. Um, it's always whipped cream now. But I remember that I just all I, that's that all I cared about at a wedding was like <laughs> I, I knew there was wedding cake and I knew it was going to have raw icing on it. And it's what I wanted. And I remember getting in trouble once because we went to. Uh, wedding and I got upset because they didn't have raw icing on the wedding cake afterwards. It was like that whipped cream <laughs> nonsense. And I was like, I which I mom. prefer. That's the, I, that's as a child though, favorite. did you prefer whipped cream as a child over? Raw yeah, icing? I did. Because the thing that I always had for my birthday cake was um, angel food cake with whipped cream and strawberries. So I really like as the, like a kid. Yeah. That's like such a like adult birthday cake. <laughs> Is it? I don't 
know. I mean, I guess like I always had like I always had like chocolate or vanilla, so it's not like I was doing anything crazy. But I just remember being like, "What is this?" And my mom was like, "It's wedding cake," and I was like, "It's not. It's different." She's like, "It's the same." You're like throwing a fucking fit, like, and it's like, "Look, you were barely invited, Brandon. You weren't invited. You're like, you're just here because I exist and because I have friends. I was invited. Nobody was looking for Brandon when the invites went. I was looking for the little sniveling five year old." Um, so hoping, actually hoping that I would have left you at home so I could have fun tonight instead of you and your little like couldn't get a babysitter so to put you in your little suit. Yeah, you your are. little Oshkosh suit that probably doesn't even fit. Like stomping around looking for raw icing. Uh, some things never change. So yeah, one thing I do think is really funny about this movie and some of these movies too is that he calls in like you mentioned Steve Buscemi earlier. Steve Buscemi is uncredited in this movie, which is so funny to me. I always wonder. Oh, like, I didn't know he was uncredited. What are, what are the logistics behind that? Like, what, like, why not yeah. credit him? Is it like a money thing? Is that what it is? Is it like I wonder if it's like a certain yeah, amount? There's probably because he's Given part of SAG. I'm sure he would have to be paid at a certain tier, and maybe the budget wasn't that big. And, he's and like, so well, it's just, like we're just gonna I'll have you come through. Free. And do and you know and do your thing and like we're not going to credit you just to avoid like you know and then of course it's like well, I'm sure it was an offer by Buscemi I don't think they were like hey can we not pay you? well maybe I don't know but I mean maybe oh you know or maybe there's just such a like understanding you know between like you know friends like this who do pop up and make appearances in each other's films and things like sometimes mm-hmm. you don't get the you don't get the coin. And you're yeah. doing it because you're going to be you know, doing a couple okay. days work. You're Steve Buscemi. And, and you get to add it to your filmography. So it's like, no, I'm going to be part of this. It's like a lot of fun. Drew, you know, who apparently like really like wanted this part. Like she, it's like from what I saw, she sort of lobbied for like the Oh yeah, to she work really wanted to work with Sandler. Adam Sandler. And she said cool. to him that like, she was like, I think we're like actor soulmates. Like we need to do a movie together before they had ever actually done anything together. Now and they've it, done... They've done three. They've done this one. They did Fifty First Dates, and they did Blended. Um, Yeah, I've not seen either of those other those two movies either. But I've seen Fifty First Dates. I haven't seen Blended, but um, I love Drew. I mean, she's so good in this role. This role is it's almost a surprise it wasn't written for her because she is the sweet, like just kind girl next door like supportive person who i imagine drew barrymore is in real life <laughs> like, oh oh for sure think? they're they're also no i want i 100 agree she like fits this role like a glove i also mm-hmm. i was reading that apparently carrie fisher was like a ghostwriter she went uncredited as well carrie one of the- fisher has done so many punches Hook? for so many scripts in Last hollywood i had no idea they bring her in all the time when they're like, hey, we don't know how to write um, for women. So can you like take the script and like make believable women like female characters? And she's like, all right, get me a cigarette and a Coke and I will have it out in two hours. You know it's what like, I mean? It's so she was RIP such an to incredible. The queen. RIP. She was such an incredible, incredible once in a lifetime talent. And like it was just so, so interesting real. to read about the like, you know, the other ones, too. Like I didn't know anything about Sister Act or Hook or. Any of that. Yeah. So I thought that that was, um, that was really interesting to me. So, um, yeah, Carrie came through and I saw that she mentioned specifically she was brought in to work on the Julia role. And like, yeah. that's what she devoted her time was to making like this fully fleshed out character and also to the, um, the sort of the love scenes. And I think probably like trying to make sort of make this journey of these two characters falling in love, uh, clear. 
uh, yeah. or clearer than what they had or more believable. But like, I thought that that was like, I thought that that was really cool to, to see that she had her hands in it. Um, and I thought like while watching this movie again with a more like critical eye as we do when we're watching movies for this podcast, like I was like, huh, this is actually a very sweet story in the sense that like, I understand who Julia is and I understand like why she falls for Robbie. I understand why she's in the position that she's in. Like, I feel like everything had been sort of justified for her character in a way that you don't totally see all the time um, in these kinds of romantic comedies. And I think, well, the one thing I didn't understand or struggle to wrap my head around but i think the script did kind of a good job of explaining it. it's like why she stayed with glenn for so long and i think it was the security thing and i also think back to what that was maybe like in 1985 whereas like me now thinking about that in 2022 i just think like fuck that you know figure we also, it out we also inherently think about these things through like a queer lens as well that's true which i think it's like this is like a very it's like her trying to sort of of like appease her mother in a certain way because it seems like right. in so many aspects of her life she hasn't she's sort of mm-hmm. like taken her own path and also Glenn is like a very like dominant personality and like mm-hmm. he has like an overbearing at times and I think that kind of thing for a person who is a bit more of a dreamer and like open hearted and open Mm -hmm. can sometimes like lead them astray when you have a, when you're a person who has an open heart and open mind and a creative spirit and you exist in a world where there are like a myriad of possibilities and paths to take. And then having Mm -hmm. a person in front of you who appears to be like solid and like self assured telling you like, this is the path and this is the way there's a certain way in which that can at times I imagine be a little intoxicating and be its own, you know, be its own kind of uh, right choice because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, like I, 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 there's so many ways in which you know, I things are expansive and things are possible, and you're a solid thing in front of me, and you're telling me that you're the right thing, and so like I'm gonna lean into that, and also your your stability allows me to be more of a free spirit. Yes. Work because mm-hmm. I don't have to worry so much about taking care of myself because what you do takes care of me. So I do get that. I do get and that. I do imagine though, and I thought about this in the movie, I think that a lot of that, there's like ways in which before we realize that Glenn's is a piece of shit completely, like in the beginning, there's a way in which I could see her thinking also because he does he does actually give her like a lot of space towards the beginning, especially to like mm-hmm. do the things that she wants to do and the way that she wants to do them. But it is clear that like this is a type of situation where like once they were married, like he would have made her life awful and he would have had, he was one of those people who all of a sudden had like a list of requirements and expectations that he was placing on her. I imagine. And like, and like what he expects his wife and the mother of his children to do. And I think that there would have been a lot Mm -hmm. less space for like Julia and her dreams and like any sort of like desire to be anything more than like, the wife of Glenn Gulia. You know what I mean? Right. And like, I think um, he's also, which he also does a really good job of hiding his true self from her too. And I think like he, that's one of the things that you experience through Robbie's eyes where he all of a sudden realizes he like, Robbie can tell there's like something he doesn't like about Glenn. And it might be the fact that he's developing feelings for Julia or whatever, but 
when it's actually confirmed, like, oh no, this guy is like a genuine piece of shit. You're like, oh, he is. Glenn is a guy who compartmentalizes and he is like sort of pathological in his, um, you know, ability to be one person in front of Julia and another person when he goes into the city to work and, you know, has an apartment, or I don't think he's in an apartment, but he has like, you know, gets hotel rooms and like has sex with other women, you know, he clearly has invested in, um, you know, creating a mask for his Ridgefield, New Jersey personality, which is Julia and her family and his, you know, her mother and, and his family. And then when he's in the city, he basically can do whatever he wants. So I, I did think they did. A, they did a good job of painting that, too. 100 percent. I feel like there was like I, it was nice to see. And I also feel like they sort of like they gave us the opportunity also to like witness those changes happening in him mm-hmm. like as things were changing in him you got the, the opportunity to see it to see it unfold and mm-hmm. i think that that was like a really like useful device mm-hmm. yeah totally. i agree i think that like totally there were those moments where you were just like oh okay so this is who you are and i think that in the beginning the but also it was well, all it really was was them just being like let's spend more time with glenn because it's like yeah. in those first couple of scenes there's sort of like these cursory scenes but you still you still don't like glenn because he is an impediment to like our you know our leading man and our leading main being couple together. so you're sort of like uh you're in the way but yeah. you seem sort of like I don't know, like toothless in a way that's like, you know, there's something that's like slimy about you, but we just don't know what it is yet. But we and, don't and know what it is. Shout out to that actor for playing that well, I think. Um, his name is. Oh, Matthew Glaive. Matthew Glaive. I yeah. also love his, I love his, um, his IMDb photo because it's like, oh my God, he looks like James Bond. <laughs> Like, but it, but that smirk on his face is also very like what you would expect from like, <laughs> like that's what you would expect Glenn Gulley from Glenn. Like, no. yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Like you probably wouldn't expect Glenn to be like that. You know, that that well preserved. I guess I would imagine yeah. Glenn had a really rough go at it in the. the oh, I'm sure. To, I'm to sure Glenn. Yeah, I'm sure Glenn had like a couple stints in rehab in the 90s, some come to Jesus moments. I bet he has some um, paternity suits on his, um, you know, on his lap. Man, this dude works. He's in a ton of stuff. I'm just. Oh, oh, no, no, he is. No, he is. I think he he was on Friends, right? Yeah, he's been. uh, I don't know, but it seems like he's been in a lot of shit. Yeah, I think he's been in a lot of movies. Yeah. A lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. Um, I'm sorry, we're going to say Jenny. Sorry, I just want to pause real quick. There's something unstable and shaking in the back of... It sounds like your mic is is shaking or something. I can hear something. Oh. Oh. Something. How's it? Okay, that stopped now. My, like, the edge of my computer was was touching the microphone, so maybe that was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I could hear it sort of, like bouncing off of it that's probably why so are you ready to do the work now yeah i'm ready to do the work cool cool it'll be fun to see what that's like um so <laughs> no just teasing uh but no also the other thing in this movie that's like really funny that's really accurate it's like it's like you get why people want to have weddings without kids at them oh my god totally. that was, was like my first <laughs> notes were just about the chaos that was like these like the like the first wedding and you've got like he was adorable we got like the little baby like with no diaper on yeah. which is just like 
you know that that's just that's a missile that's just <laughs> that's just waiting ready just waiting to, to launch oh my god um i low-key thought he was gonna poop on the bride um, yeah i did too uh, but like those moments are like so wonderful and so accurate and it's just like oh my god like the chaos that like children can like and i i get it i'm not a parent but i know you're it's like you know when you get a wedding invitation and it's like you can't oh my god you know i was with my friends this weekend who have kids and they were like i am so glad my kids aren't here (laughs) because it's a lot of work like you want to have fun at a wedding but like you have to like run around and make sure your kids are like taken care of and so i you know there were some really adorable kids at the wedding and my friends who were there without their kids were like those kids are so cute i'm so glad they're not my kids (laughs) yeah absolutely so like that was like one of those wild moment um i also think like the thing about this movie that i was watching is like the wedding industry has changed so much if mm. this is an accurate representation from a wedding in 1985 i don't know but it seems like it was probably pulled from some sense of reality and it's like you could you know I the wedding industry has just becomes there's so much more of an expectation now and there's so much more of a higher spend there's so much more of like an uh you know an investment in like a specific aesthetic for your wedding and it's got to be a three-day affair now it used to just be you know maybe there was a rehearsal dinner that you invited the wedding party to but now it's rehearsal dinner wedding brunch the next day you know just a whole thing and like you have to have a different dress for everything and you have to now like I remember you know my mom saying when we were getting married she was like you know it's so crazy now like you have to pay to get your hair and makeup done you know like I that my friends and I didn't do that like I did my own makeup for my wedding and you know it's just the the expectation now for a wedding in 2022 is so different from a wedding in 1985 and and that's clear in this movie because like you know everyone is using the same thing like everyone especially in this small town, you know, it's the same caterers, the same driver, the same, all that kind of thing. And now it's like, you have to do something spectacular and totally unexpected. Oh yeah, no, it's like, it's like its own kind of like stressful. And you're right because it's like, there are all these expectations that are like placed on you. And it is, there is something, I guess when you look at like, I feel like, I feel like the different, like the, really the only theme was sort of like color scheme, which is really funny because the, the wedding that, that, um, the wedding that Robbie has to be the MC wedding singer for, um, not really the the MC, just like the, just like the entertainment really. Yeah. He's the wedding singer, but that also means he's like, you know, you kind of do end up announcing things. Yeah. Yeah. The wedding that he ends up doing that for though, right after um, Linda breaks up with him and he's like a mess and everybody was in the red and white. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God, because that was my parents' colors. No way. And and it was literally, that was the aesthetic. It was all of the grooms in the white tuxedos with like the red cummerbunds and the red bow ties. Wow. So 80s. And the bridesmaids were all, and like those like like i would say like i don't know like what's that i want to say taffeta yeah sure 
Yeah, I think they were all like in like that like taffeta, like red taffeta fabric. Uh, the pillbox hats with the little like birdcage veils in the front. Oh my god, the um, veil—that's so hilarious. That's sixties, but also eighties. They like... had that. They had like the peplum around the the peplum around the waist, long Classic. sleeve, like you know, oh the, my the god. skirts that came down to right above the what? knee. Long sleeve in the south, like what? Uh, when did they get married? It was know? like it was like a three. They were like three fourth length um, sleeves, kind of. <gasps> okay, okay. There was okay. there was it was a, a winter wedding, if I remember correctly. <gasps> oh, okay, I think it was okay, December, okay. January. Um, All right, yeah. But yeah, but the poofy, the the poofy like shoulders. It was the it's the whole thing. It's like I love how unapologetically like there's something when you look at weddings from like the 50s or the 60s. There's something timeless about them, and you could literally see a dress and think to yourself, that's that's like something Dior had on the runway like last year. You know what I mean? Like right. the, totally. the lines are so simple and so chic. And I love yeah. like the 70s are a little bit more of like the flowy moment. And then I love like that the 80s are so what the 80s are. Cause it's like, you're not mistaking this for any other decade, baby. We did it the way we did it. And it's like, <laughs> yes. And you want it to be exactly that. So like when you look at 80s wedding photos, yes. it's like there's something about looking at my mother and like her 80s headpiece. It's like, it's like those um those pieces that create that point on the front. Like yeah. Like the point headpiece it almost looks like the headpiece itself oh my is almost like god a, i'm loving so that so much so do you good. know you know what year they got married um uh, let's just say i was at the wedding um so <laughs> things were so like the, the it would have been like 85 86 right it was probably the, i think it was the end of 86 Okay, so this would be like your, this would be like the right at the same time when your parents got married. My parents got married a little earlier. They got married in 81, I believe. So it was like the turn of the 80s. But, and they had a very small wedding. They had it at our old house. They've moved since then, but they had it at our, well, they had it at a a small non-denominational church and then had the reception at their house, which was small. And my mom didn't have like a big poofy dress or anything. I think she wore like a white suit, if I remember correctly super classy Um, like very like just chic yeah i i'm trying to remember i i meant uh when i was talking to my mom when we were home last week i was like oh i want to look at your wedding album because i don't really remember it um but i'll i'll have to get her to send me pictures of it because i'm i'm curious um but i do remember it was a very simple either suit or dress and it was white but you know definitely not like anything super fancy like you know like in in these weddings in this movie or even like mine or my sister's wedding where we wore big poofy wedding dresses just because it was really our only chance to do it you know you get kind of wrapped up in the you know in the ceremony of it all and even when you and i think even when you try not to and even when you try and find ways to not i feel like a lot of people play around with the ideas of Mm -hmm. with like ideas of not giving into like those traditions but a lot of times you still find yourself sort of like getting wrapped up in it it. yeah The funny thing about this movie, too, is that we get so little time with Linda. Like, Linda is such a blip (laughs) in this film that it's like, they don't, I mean, they don't want you to root for them. They don't want you to want, you know, these two to be together. But it's like, we get one scene with her. Also, Linda, I kept expecting, I kept expecting to find out that Linda had been, like, sleeping with, like, his best friend. 
or something right. like juicy like that. And we don't yeah. get that. And I also thought that the Christine Taylor character, shout out to Christine Taylor, who plays Holly, who's Julia's best friend. I just was like, oh, uh, she's, she's Julia's cousin. I'm sorry, Julia's cousin. I thought she yeah. was screwing Glenn the whole time. And I thought that was going to be a big oh, twist at the end of the movie was no. that she'd been sleeping with Glenn. Yeah, and then she that wasn't. And I was like, oh, she's... Because I, like, oh, I think because I think this movie at the very core is really actually super wholesome, and so they didn't want any of that messiness. You know what I mean? The 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 crappy people were the crappy people, and that's Glenn and that's Linda, and there's nothing likable about them. I mean, Linda doesn't show up to her own wedding, and then comes to talk to Robbie, and is like. You know, I woke up and I was realizing, oh, my God, you're just a wedding singer. I'm marrying a wedding singer. And it's like and he has that famous line, which is once again, something that could have been brought to my attention yesterday, which like I feel like I said so much in my childhood uh, quoting this movie. But it's like, you know, straight off the bat, Linda is a shitty person and, you know, pretty instantly and the rollout is slower that Glenn is a shitty person and those are the crappy people in this movie and then everyone else is like a wonderful support to these two people that you want to get together so I think you know this is a classic wholesome 90s movie yeah no I feel you 100% it's like they're like good people and there isn't really like other than like I mean, Glenn is clearly like a jerk. And even Linda, we don't really get enough time with to like find out what her motivations are completely. She just Mm-mm. doesn't want to be with a wedding singer. Right. And like crappily sends like her friend to like end the wedding. Like her friend is the one who like pulls him aside before the wedding and is like, oh, BT dubs, mm. Linda's not showing up. And like when <laughs> I first saw that scene, we'd seen a photo of Linda earlier in the movie, um, but very quickly. So I thought that her friend was her for a second. And then I realized, oh, no, she didn't even show up to tell him it wasn't going to be a wedding. Like, she just sent her one of her girlfriends over to be like, oh, by the way, she's not doing it. Um, no. Which is its own kind of crappy. Which um, is like, I mean, if you're going to be an asshole anyways and like literally wait to the very last minute to like call off the wedding, you could at least do it in person. You know, I think that that would be real cute if you could just like be like, hey, BG dubs. Not for me. Yeah, like, hey, it's been an incredible run. You and I have had so much fun. But I think just for me at this moment, kind of realizing where I'm at emotionally. And again, sorry, well, this is coming so late. For me. For me. <laughs> and again, this is pretty, pretty late. So I'm sorry. But I'm going to have to step back. I'm going to have to step back. This is where I hit pause. And like that really sucked. Um, And then that sort of sends him down this downward spiral. And it's like I did have that moment, too, because he's like falling apart at these weddings. And I thought, oh, yeah, like that would suck. That would absolutely suck. And it would. How could you go and like (laughs) celebrate someone's wedding when like you were just jilted? (laughs) That part, like. That's rough and that's hard that's and having rough. to get up. And, and also like that particular type of job, which requires you to sort of like be like ever present. And like yeah. you really and you're just singing these songs about love while you're going through the ringer emotionally. So like, yeah, I'm sure that's like a real, you know, type of thing for like a person in his position to deal with. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, those moments. 
but these weddings are great because they give us some of like what you were talking about earlier with like Steve Buscemi. Um, yeah. Dave Veltri is the character's name. But they give us some <laughs> of these like great like fly on the wall messy moments of Dave like getting up and giving this messy ass toast at like his brother's wedding. He's like the best man, like the begrudgingly assigned best man. And, like he wants everybody to know that like he's not here and he's not filming the fantasy. And he is just like, yeah, I was made I was made to be here. And he's also like working out his trauma with his dad. It's a lot of it's like very little. He's like, I'm just as good, Pop. And it's like, okay. And then his dad says, No, you're not. His dad says, You're gonna screw up. Um, and it's like this literally this like literally couldn't be the like a worse place for this is there a family therapist here um because it's a lot of it's a lot of messiness um yeah but yeah so that so that's it and then we also get ellen albertini dow who plays rosie which is actually so this role apparently they really they they really wanted like betty white or they were they were they were thinking about reaching out to Betty White for this part, which I thought was really, like, that would have been great. But I'm also happy that Miss Dow got her moment. Miss and, Dow. Like, and you guys all, I'm sure you don't know her name because this I is didn't the know This is name. the thing that I remember from this movie, was her yes. singing, that was her doing her thing. Yeah. Rapper's she Delight. Is, yeah. She is the old lady that you saw in every movie she was from in a the lot 90s. of stuff yeah google her she died in 2015 at the age of 101 and honey she worked she worked she had she a full to- schedule from day one baby. to you know no time the with the great grandkids not this nope. week mama's gonna be on the set with adam sandler exactly so forward my calls because exactly no i'm not I'm at home missing. donning socks right now mama no, I won't be. I know I can't keep your kids because schedule is on lock. I'm too busy hanging out and smoozing with Drew Barrymore. Like, so we're going to have to lunch later. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, don't call me. I'll, I'll call you, sweetie. Um, she was busy. We got her. She's great. She gives us a rapper's delight moment. Yeah. Um, she does at the end of the movie, the rapper's delight, which is like a tired. It's a tired trope now, but in the 90s, there was nothing funnier than an old white lady rapping. You were like, like (laughs) yeah, you were like, oh, my God, we've really flipped the script. We've we've put we've flipped it on its head. And now we see an old woman singing a standard white women engaging with rap music was like such a thing. And now what we have, we have the we have the the love affair um the the romantic entanglement that has been Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. So they blew exactly. out of the water because they're like, mm-hmm. we smash. So <laughs> nice try with the rap, but um, I'm learning mm-hmm. more than lyrics, baby. Um exactly. I, all this I mean that's not a thing. They're not actually, I don't think smashing, but I just Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. Did you oh were you like No, I did not did you did you drew it hearts and stuff on like your notebook? Like Martha Stewart Dog. I mean, she, I guess, like... Martha Stewart brought us. <laughs> Martha Stewart dog. <laughs> That's two Gs, honey. Make sure you spell it right on my fucking black card, okay? Because I have more money than God now that I'm, I've am i got my net worth and Snoop's net worth. <laughs> and I'm out of the clink. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So that was really amazing. Also, Alexis Arquette. Alexis Arquette, R.I.P. R.I.P. For those of you who don't know, she was one of the Arquette siblings. Um, and she, I think, what, when did she pass away? I think like 2015, uh, maybe. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, but one of our very, very, 
first um, trans celebrities too. Yes. Um, and she's been in a ton of stuff yeah, and yeah, a lot of stuff. she worked all throughout the eighties and nineties. And um, you know, I love her in this. She plays sort of like a boy George esque type of character. And I was nervous to rewatch it because I was like, I feel how do we how do like, we deal with this in this film? Right. Is this them making fun of her? And I actually didn't feel that way when no, I was watching it. And me I neither. thought I thought like she was a sympathetic, like kind band member and yeah. she had her moments. And the funny thing was that she only knows one song. And so she's on stage and she sings her song and then Adam Sandler doesn't come back in time. So she just starts the song over um, and surprise, surprise, it's a culture club song. And it's, is just, it, it is, it's a, do you really want to hurt me? Yeah, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me by Culture Club. By the way, I love the Culture Club from the 80s. They had some really good I only know Do You Really Want to Hurt Me and Karma Chameleon. And I guess I guess to be honest, I really only know those two songs too. Love but with such I you're like me, you're like me loving the Adam Sandler films. Like a exactly. <laughs> like a full blown stand. It's like I I should have I should have said hold my two feet to the fire. Name one more song. I couldn't do. I would say yeah. Name name two and a half culture club songs. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. What do we? But, think? It, but yeah. No, What's Boy George up to these days? Is but is he, he, he was a he was one of the judges on The Voice, right? Like The Voice UK. The Voice UK. I don't know. Probably. And I remember like he. I remember this video of him like getting into this argument with like Kelly Rowland, like on Ooh. The Voice, because like they, you know, when they make their pitches to get the vocalist to come to them. Uh-huh. And like Kelly was like, "I'm the only like soul artist up here." Like, and it was, and then Boy George was like. Oh, I'm I'm like I'm a soul artist. Like I've worked with like and he's no, you're not. His, like, you're a resume pop artist and all of these like soul artists that he's worked with and blah blah blah. And Kelly's like not really featuring it, but she's like okay, girl. Um, but he's like really hot that like she's not like she's trying to like take credit as like the only like true soul artist. And it's like I mean you work with soul artists and you dapple and you use like soul music in your music. I'm sure like gospel and soul are like a huge part of the ways that you like you know, you create Form music, your singing influences, style. but like, yeah, that doesn't I mean, make you a soul artist. Doesn't make you a soul artist. No, but yeah, I just remember that clip, and that was from a couple years ago, and I was like, this is a lot. And I'm sure Kelly's just like, I'm not in a fight on national television with Boy with George. Boy George. <laughs> so honestly, I would kill to be in a fight on national television with Boy George. I know you would. You and him. Oh, you could have like a makeup off and see who's like, oh my god, be better. I don't think he does his own makeup. Oh, well, if you were on TV, would you be doing your own makeup or would you have somebody doing your makeup? No, I would have someone do my makeup. Yeah, that checks out. I mean, I would select someone who is really talented. Of course, it wouldn't just be anybody. So you wouldn't let me do it again? Is what you're no, I would not let you get anywhere near my makeup. Ugh, whatever. And you claim to be my friend. But you're <laughs> when it's time for me to get my come up. Um, <laughs> always been and always will be the word. Um. There also is this moment in the first scene of the movie. It's like, remind you, it's like, I'm happy they included it because it's just like how dicey, like, the 80s were. There's a moment where, like, the kid being sort of coaxed into, like, having alcohol. And it's like, yeah. it's just like, he's like, like, this grown man, like, elbowing this kid. Like, oh, yeah, 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 more, more of that. It's just like how 
messy. Like I cannot imagine like, being at a wedding and like looking over and seeing a 30 plus year old man like egging on like a yeah. 12, 13 year old to like down a brewski. It's just like, that was what are too you much. doing? Uh, I think it was a glass of wine. Totally unimportant. <clears throat> no, but it was, yeah, apparently it matters to you. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, you were like, it's just, you're drinking. like, it's just a glass of wine, also just, known as my go go juice to get me going in the morning. <laughs> that kid's fine. I remember my cousins giving me booze at family events. Um, they didn't push it on me. I was certainly asking for it, but they were in their twenties, and I was I like, like a I teen. don't like you using the phrase "I was asking for it." Oh um, God, I meant I was asking for a drink. I'd be like, "Hey, what are you drinking? Why don't you pour me one?" And they would secretly like pour me a rum and coke or something. <laughs> but um, nobody was pushing it on me. No, no, you were asking for it. Um, so yeah, there also the moment that I love too, which I, which felt really true to life was when Steve Buscemi was walking off after giving that messy speech at his brother's wedding and he screams out, you, you'll be divorced in a year. Yeah, that was such a good line. And that just made me laugh because it's like, how many weddings have you sat at and thought that to yourself? I know. Um, Actually, I've never gone to a wedding and thought that. Have you really in real life? Um, I've wondered, I've, I've turned to, yeah, have I turned to my husband and said, do you think this is going to last? And he's like shrugged his shoulders and I'm like, oh, no. like, yeah, that's happened. Never have I definitively been like, no, this isn't. But I have like bent his ear and been like, you think, you think these two? And he's like, oh, we'll see. Only time will tell. Um, so yeah, I've had that moment, um, but I've never like, no. And I've never stood up and yelled out at a wedding before. Like you two, this is a mistake. Um, but you know, this the, life is, life is long. So um, we'll see how it hits. I do. Um, I do want to point out Adam Sandler. I forget the actor's name. He plays his. He plays his friend in the movie. His best friend, um, Sammy. Um, let me I, find that. I, yeah, and if you, because I may just be missing him, but I can't. I can't locate the actor um, um, on here. Yeah, I saw him. His name is Alan Covert. Okay, Alan Covert, who is featured in a lot of. Um, a lot of Adam Sandler movies and is a real life friend of him. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, there's the moment, which is like such a like shitty friend thing to do. It's like dudes do this to each other. Um, but it's where he's like, he sees like, they're having a conversation about Julia. She's sort of like the new girl in town. Um, and she is uh, waitressing. And then he looks at Adam Sandler and in reference to her, he says, Oh, she's going to get it. She's going to get it. And I'm going to give it to her. Um, <laughs> basically like alluding to the fact that he's going to like bed her similarly to the way that he bedded her cousin, Holly played by Christine Taylor. And then later on in the movie, they're at like this house party. Um, it's at, her, like, it's her, it's her and Glenn's engagement, it's her engagement party. It's her engagement party. And they're at the party and he walks up, uh, Robbie walks up with his friend and he's like, oh, did you want to tell Julia, like, what you told me before? And it's, like, such a, like, shitty... It's it's so shitty, but, it's but it is so, so funny. Good. He's like, do you want to tell what you told, what you told me before? And his friend's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, remember how, how she was, you know, so hot and how, you know, you were going to, you know, she was going to get it and you were going to be the one to give it to her? Do you want to tell and, her about and that? She was, and she wasn't going to even know what was happening and to her or whatever. And she wasn't even going to know. Yeah. And, and Julia's just standing there giggling and he just walks off with his tail between his legs. So there's nothing you can do when you've been, when you've been gotten like that. Yeah, um, but it's so fucking it was so good. good. It was so good. <laughs> it was like, because he was, the way he was talking about her was pretty disgusting. And so it, yeah, was, it was really wild. nice. Yeah, it was really nice to see um, Robbie just like totally fucking embarrass the shit out of him. You got it. Um, 
what did you think about uh, John Lovitz? Oh, great. I love John Lovitz. I always love John Lovitz in anything. I actually thought to myself about how few opportunities John Lovitz has had to star in like a movie or like a, a television show. Oh, or yeah. He's always sort of brought in for like a little light, like a little light chaos. John Lovitz is one of those people that I always love because John Lovitz has this way of performing where it always feels like it's unique. He, he It always feels like he's... Like you, I can never tell if John Lovitz is like in on the joke of his existence, <laughs> or like not that his existence is a joke, but like the like the inherently like the just the funniness of like it being John Lovitz and John Lovitz being here in this moment in a movie because mm-hmm. he does this thing that feels like it's either like super self aware mm-hmm. or like the complete opposite, if that makes sense. And I love it. And it always is like, it keeps me on the edge of my toes. And I just, I love John Lovitz. He's so much fun always in everything. And I always want more of him. And he always plays someone who is so ridiculously like weird. Like he's, he, he always takes it to the next level of being like, the insane person. And I love him. He's like a competing wedding singer with yeah. Robbie Hart. And he's like a storyline they barely invest in. Like yeah, as far yeah, as like yeah. any real competition. <laughs> he's just taking Robbie scraps, essentially. Exactly. And he's just there to make us laugh for five yes. minutes. And I love it. And it was so good. And like, and then you get and then you get to see Robbie play one of his um, songs he's been working on, which he started when he was with Linda and then finished after they broke up. And it's just like perfect classic, like Adam Sandler song. I'm sure you guys all know it. And like, I don't know if it's on the soundtrack or not, but it was just so funny to me. And I was like, actually, like really like this song. <laughs> and then you were like, why didn't I play this at my wedding? Exactly. It would have been such a good moment. And then I'm wondering, there is a a comedian. A, I'm pretty sure you know who this comedian is, but we're going to see if you noticed him. He's one of the wedding guests and he's sitting at a table. He's probably unaccredited because I don't think he was well known. He may not have been even in comedy at the time or just starting. He was at the table and I don't, I don't know if he had any connection to Adam Sandler or does, but he just happens to be in this movie. And I spotted him for the first time. I didn't realize he was in this movie. I feel like I remember this, but I feel like I didn't write it down. Okay. Dave just said, I called it out to him. So if, when you say I'll remember it, but I don't think I wrote it down. Who was it? You want me to say? Yeah. Brian Poisson. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, and he yeah. got a couple of shots. He it, did. It like, and I was like, is that really Brian Posehn in this movie? And yep. it's like, he's so much younger and like, he doesn't have the big beard. Yeah. And it was just funny to like, be like, I've seen this movie so many times and, and never I've never caught you. Baby. Yeah. No. So he was, was in the mix. And, and that made me, that made me laugh a lot to see him. And just like as a wedding guest, probably just an actor trying to get the coinage. Um, I also enjoyed the casting of Christina Pickles as um, Julia's mom in the film. Um, oh, Ross and, of course. <laughs> I mean, Ross and Monica's mom on Friends. That's um, like my note in my notes. It's like, oh my God, it's, um, God, what a, uh, I was like, oh, it's Ross and Monica's mom, but I wrote down her name and I can't remember what it was. Judy Geller. 
Judy Geller. That's what it is. I yes, was Judy thinking Geller. Jody. Um, yeah, no. So that was that was really wonderful. I did have like I did have a moment in this movie where I did think to myself like. As the Julie and the Robbie relationship was developing, and this is completely separate from like the messiness that is like Glenn, but right. like, what are you two doing? Like, <laughs> as far as, like I thought that too. It was what? like it was just like as the movie was going on, I was like, this is inappropriate. And I'm not. And, and look, we're talking about you know, a, Julia is a is a woman who is in a relationship with an awful man who is cheating on her, and like just a disgusting who essentially know. abandons her to plan her own wedding. Exactly. But, like their closeness and their like it's like if if I was dating Robbie or dating Julia and like the situation was different, I would be like, hmm, your closeness is weird to me. Who's this dude <laughs> who you just met who's like accompanying you to all of these like events and spending all this time with you? And I get like the idea and the premise being that like Robbie's working through like what he wants to do next. And like, mm-hmm. he has all of these connections because he's been working in like the wedding industry for so long. And this is pre-internet. This is like, so it's like the, the having a person sort of like squire you about town to, you know, and tell and get you like these hookups with like vendors that he's worked alongside and like totally. also like put you on to like the people that you may not in resources that you may not even know about, because I mean, you don't, you know, most people, most people only plan one like, wedding, planning wedding. So like yeah. all of those things make him like an ideal, like, you know, companion for the ventures of like planning a wedding and all of that. But it's still, there's a part of you with all of that being said, that's like, what y'all doing? Like <laughs> I know. Well, especially because you see them like you're like actively flirting and like you're actively flirting, you're other. watching them fall in love with each other before your eyes. And so it's a little bit like, hmm, okay, Glenn ain't Glenn ain't shit. And we're all in agreement on that. But like also, mm-hmm. what you two, what you two got cooking? Yeah, um, that doesn't make this right though. <laughs> which becomes like clearer and clearer anyway as the movie goes on. Those moments where like Holly sort of starts to make it clear that she has designs on Robbie, who is, you know, for all intents and purposes, single and he's around. And because she's so right. close and she lives with her cousin Julia, she is around him. So it makes sense that like there would be this connection that sort of developed between the between the two of them, just through her being sort of like there, even in like a peripheral like context. Like right. she and she's a single woman. So it's like, hey, mm-hmm. like you're getting married. You're you're getting married in like a week. Like this dude who's around all the time seems fun and charming. But I do love like Julia, like not really like masking her frustration. Like I know she's so cousin, obvious she's that she like, hates it. She's it's very like no, I can't have him and you can't either. Even though you're right, this is like a small town and he's like a single good guy. So it's like I'm sure Holly's like, can I have something? I know, and I would be like, uh, you know what? Like it's it's hard, but I mean I think like it's funny because it takes um, Holly a little longer than it would, pro- than I feel like it would take me to figure it out. You know what I mean? That like, for sure. The moment, yeah, her I mean, aha it's moment. the movie. Whatever. Oh, for sure. Device. But I mean, like there are like these moments where like she goes on a date with Robbie and like, she's going, she wants to kiss. And Robbie also, it's so funny the way that they present it because it's like, they get to the house and she's like, well, you know, Julia's spending the night at Glenn's house. So like, if you want to come upstairs also, it's like, like it's, I get it. I'm all for like, this is going to get me in trouble. I'm all for... Do it. Jane, like, she, like chomping at the bits. But it's like, there is something, like, it's kind of a little bit, like, desperate. 
Like I just feel like Holly. It's wow, like, oh, wow! It's like um, here we everyone, go. Here turn your we headphones go. up. A man Ugh. judging a woman on her own sexual choices, honey. If she wants it, she she should ask for it. You're one hundred. You're one hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was something about the. There's something about the sentence. There's something about the about the sentence. <laughs> Look, let me let me make it clear for you. If you come upstairs with me, you're getting lucky. You're gonna get it's lucky. It's like he gets it. Like, <laughs> so you just like, you would have preferred a little more subtlety. Well, it was just like it just was like he knows. He knows. <laughs> there's been no, there's no like, there's nothing that you need to elucidate in this moment. This isn't opaque. Like it is. Honestly, clear. though, like I appreciate the transparency because Absolutely. I think You're right. sometimes it's nice to be like, "Hey, I like you. I want to sleep with you. That's on the table. If you come upstairs, like, are you comfortable with that too? You know." To be fair, I would cringe if anybody said that to me. Well, um, not like that exactly, but you know what I mean. I'm Same. also like, you know, I, I'm I'm a I'm in many ways a prude, and so like, whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm a little slutty, so that's all right. You know, your your words. So yeah, so that was, <laughs> but and I that, own them, baby. Yeah, I absolutely. That's your truth. Mm-hmm. Go, girl, girl power, <laughs> bo- girl boss. So in those moments <laughs> when all, when all of that happens though, and then like the first time, this is our this is our aha moment for Holly. She's like. Oh, Oh my god, you've been oh hanging god. out and spending you all of your like time Julia? around my cousin. <laughs> you know she's engaged, right? Which means you can't like her. It's like <laughs> I also love in movies how like if somebody's engaged, they're still very much on the table. And all like, the time. And, I'm and like, I always in real life that's like, not the case. Well, I don't right? know. I, I guess in my world I would I mean, never look. I never, I never had, I never had to make that choice. I never had yeah. anybody sniffing around me. Me neither. So, like, <laughs> so it was never like a moment for me. If there was anybody and they kept it to themselves, which I guess is the appropriate thing to do. I know, um, which I guess is respectful. But you would have loved things... it, Jane. You would have loved it if somebody loved had let you know what? that they were like that they had designs on you, like pre-marriage I mean, in, while you were engaged. In, I would have gotten in a theory. Phone call. In theory, I would have loved it. In reality, it would have stressed me out so much. Well, I mean, you would have been like, no, but I mean, still, it would have been like, oh my God, I I can't believe it. I can't There's they came two to people actively in love with me. This what am is I like do? my worst nightmare. <laughs> As you bask in it secretly. <laughs> Nothing secret about it. I'd be like, look, I know I'm like emitting like a very sexual energy right now for a lot of people just because like that's like I also what love I it to be like some, it would be somebody being like Jane you're Jane I think you're really cool we should go out sometime and then Jane's version would be like it was the craziest thing they told me that I was the most beautiful woman <laughs> that they'd ever seen before and that they and then, literally can't sleep at night because I'm the only thing that's on their mind and it's they like they can't eat they can't I'm sleep they so can't work stressed out right now and they also said this to me i wasn't wearing a stitch of makeup and they were like oh my god like <laughs> your makeup's done so well and i was like it's just my skin who i am <laughs> i wish i wish i could make myself less desirable uh, it's it's hurting other people and i have to take responsibility for that and i should wear something over my face when i go out this, this is what they mean by dangerous beauty like <laughs> a phrase that no one's ever used um no. but that uh, 
I was just going to say, I, bef- I really think it's so funny. So Robbie and um, Holly go on a double date with Glenn and Julia. And I think it's so funny that they go on a double date to a club. Like, who does that? That's- is that like an 80s thing, though? Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. But I I mean, I, I'm not a club person anyways. I have been to very few of them in my life. I don't enjoy them. But, like, it seems like a really horrible venue for a date because, like, it's so loud and you can't talk. And everyone... They're also, okay. though, they're in, like, a different section of the club, though, too. They're, yeah, like, they're above, like, like the hullabaloo moment. that's happening. Glenn has coins, so like they have That's access true. to like a, like bottle service. What what would be like I guess bottle service now? And they are like in a separate portion of the club, and like. I guess it's true. If I were to go to a club, I would never have access to any of that. So no, we'll be if like... you were to go to a club, they'd like hand you a plunger and they'd be like, get in the bathroom and fix what happened in there. And you're like, I don't work here. They're like, oh, we just assumed you were staff. It's like, well, don't. Because of what you were wearing, that that's what you chose to wear out. And then you, yeah, oh, Jane in like a like a polo and chinos, and they're just like, <laughs> ma'am, we. It's better for you to pretend to be staff at this point. Like, why? Like you walked in here in those Birkenstocks. And Can you this outfit that I have never even come close to replicating in my whole life? I have never worn a polo and chinos in my life, and I have absolutely never slipped my foot into a pair of Birkenstocks ever. It's like not um, that there's anything wrong with those no, looks. They're just yeah, of course not so. my look. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I saw it for you. Um, in my mind, okay. I could see you like throwing your hair into you know one of your like signature like messy top top buns top knots, and then like you know going out to the club sans makeup, um, <laughs> in like a cute like fitted like uh polo, mm. and like I don't know maybe a nice pair of like Carhartts. And just like, <laughs> giving, giving the kids something to take in. What is what is a nice pair of Carhartts? <laughs> a nice pair of like crispy, like brand new. Like, oh my god, so stiff, so uncomfortable. Exactly, that's like the vibe that I was seeing for you, for you at this club, <laughs> um, this fictional um, club moment that you were having. Um, but yeah, so like that, so they're upstairs. They're in this VIP section. What was also funny too, because like Holly and like Julia are just like uh, apparently drunk. Like Julia's drunk. <gasps> Julia drunk, becomes right? drunk instantly. She's like having a normal conversation. All of a sudden, she's shit faced. And I was like, where does that come from? Also, she said she was nauseous, and then she climbs over the table because they're in like this sort of C-shaped booth. So she <laughs> climbs over the table to get to the bathroom. And all I could think was, if you were really, if you really had to throw up that badly, you would have vomited mid-table climb. Absolutely. There's no You wouldn't have made way. it over that table. You would have no. you would have gotten sick all over your face and all over your cute little romper. And uh <laughs> it would have been what it would have been. And there ain't no karma chameleon that can make that <laughs> blend in, baby. I'll tell you that. And this is where we find out too, which is one of my favorite lines from the movie. It's so stupid, but it continues to make me laugh. That like <laughs> Robbie like asks Glenn what his last name is, and he's like, "It's Gulia." <laughs> and so we find out that her married name will be Julia Gulia. <laughs> And it's such like a stupid fucking joke, but it makes me laugh every time I hear it. It's like one of those dumb, dumb jokes that I'm just like, that's so stupid. It has turned around to become funny again. It also is like, it's one of those things too, where like, then he like, Robbie kind of laughs and then Glenn's like, I don't get it. 
And it's like, first of all, yes, you do. And second of all, it reminded me. Then last night, I had this conversation with Dave. I got in bed, and I just terrified him a little bit because that's what we do around here sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know what we do. We just like, I, maybe it's me more than him. No, we like mm-hmm. to terrorize each other. We just like to poke <laughs> and prod at each other, not sexually. And we just like to make <laughs> each other, like, scare each other and, like, tickle. Mm-hmm. We just do stupid shit in our home, okay? Don't judge my marriage. But we were, like, in bed having <sighs> a silly, stupid, nonsensical conversation. Mm-hmm. And we were just laughing and I was like, Oh, I was like, what, it, what would it be like to be married to somebody who is just like devoid of humor? And I was like, you know, like those people in life who like, they just don't, they're like, I forget. And you encounter them every now and then in the world. And I'm not talking about a person who is maybe funny and just doesn't think that you're funny. Cause that's to each their own. But I know right, people who course. like literally just like go th- like they come home from work, they walk in the door and they're like, it's 63.5 degrees outside. Look at my socks I got. And it's like, they're just what? boring and not funny. Just like people who literally do. And you encounter them and you can tell because it's like when you make a joke, it's like they look at you like, like, is that it? Like, like, or like, are you like what? Because they're <laughs> or waiting like, on what something am I real. supposed to do with that? Because they want to deal with reality. Imagine. They want to deal with reality and they want to deal with like facts in this certain, in this certain way. And it's like, there are so many people like that in the world. And I forget because it's like, I know we're never going to speak the same language. So like, as soon as I get a whiff of that, because if you just don't think I'm funny, but you're like a funny person or there are other things that you think are funny, we can still get along. Like you don't have to love my jokes, but like, (laughs) I mean, it helps. Um, (laughs) It it certainly greases the relationship. I did did have a moment. I did have if a moment. You don't like with, my jokes, I actually might not like you. So <laughs> I did have a moment with someone recently where I shared what I thought was funny and they like gave me nothing. And it was something <gasps> that I thought would at least get a chuckle. I oh was talking God. about drag names and I said, um, and I said, Oh, I said, I came up with a really good drag name the other day. And they're like, What was it? And I said, Greta Godno. And I don't get it. Like Greta Garbo, but Greta Godno. Oh, I okay, okay. Maybe they didn't get it either. <laughs> but they were like, huh. That's all they gave me was, huh. Uh, okay, you have to it, ask questions if you don't get it, though. And then but, it was like, and they're like, oh, I was like, and I think you're now that you say that, it's very possible that they didn't get it either. But come on, guys, like, to, like chime in. We'll right. put a poll up on the Instagram with all the other polls that we never put up. Um, but I'm gonna put one up. Greta Godno is great now that I understand it. I think it was a you have to say it in that cadence, like Greta, Greta Godno. Godno. Yeah, 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 totally. Okay, so that's on my <laughs> yeah, list great. anyway. I love um, it. But yeah, so anyway, my point is just, and that's not an example because that joke was whatever it was. But my point is just that like to be in like, to be in the orb of people who like just don't. Also, who I don't just the, like seek out humor or don't well, enjoy some people laughing, just don't. Some like, people, that's not a value to them. And like, they're just like, crazy. no, like they're just like, oh, that's frivolous and like whatever. And like, I don't need that from my life to be like meaningful. And it's like to each their own, but it's like, we're not going to probably get along. Right. Of course. And, you know, more power to you. But I'm out. <laughs> this is also just, coming from a person who's like, you know, I ask my husband like crazy questions constantly just to get reactions out of him a lot. <laughs> and he's like, oh, can I like just read this book? I'm sure his life is exhausting in another way. Um. <laughs> if, he's ex- if you mean he's exhausted by my beauty, then yeah, I do see him sometimes. I look at him and I catch him with like, a really big like canvas and like some charcoals and I'm like what are you doing and he's like I have to draw you 
Like, okay. Like, you know, who am I? But other than that, no. No, okay. it's not exhausting. How okay. dare you? Um, no, I'm sure it is. Yeah, no. And I'd like to talk to Tara, too, because I'm sure. <laughs> Tara, Tara is exhausted by me constantly. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Lately. Um, so, yeah, we get this moment where it's like they're like, OK, if you didn't know for sure that Glenn was a piece of shit, we want to go ahead and drive it in the drive at home because yeah. we get Glenn like eyeing this waitress while Julia's in the bathroom vomiting. Um, and he's like eyeing her took us as she like she her she's wearing a very short skirt and her underwear become visible when she like slightly <laughs> sort of like bends over to like put drinks on a table or or take drinks away from a table. And he's talking, which is so funny because it's like Robbie's like, you know, Robbie's her friend. But but he's like just starts talking to Robbie about how hot she is. But that's and- how men think of each other. You know what I mean? It's like that, like, oh, well, you're, this is bro code or whatever. Like, I'm going to say something to you. You're not. You're I mean, never going to say it. So. Yeah, I guess. But it's pretty. This is a this is pretty. This is pretty in your face. <laughs> Oh no, but I think Glenn is stupid enough to think that that applies. Is what I'm and saying. You, and, and maybe you're right. I mean, I also I also think that in a, in a certain way, it's a product of its time in that regard. Yes. And also, I mean, Robbie does a very very light, very light like poking of the bear. Like oh, he's yeah, goading he, him on it, very subtly, and it doesn't take much. And he's just like, no. oh, you couldn't you couldn't get a girl like that now, though, huh? That was <laughs> in the past. And he's like, oh no, I I could I could if I wanted to. I tried 10 days ago. Yeah, try 10 days ago. I got a slam piece in the city. (laughs) And he says, uh, Glenn says a line when he's talking about this woman's ass, which is, I'll never forget this line. I don't know why, but it is probably a line you've used before while you were out Tom (laughs) Catton. Tom Catton. How old are you? (laughs) Um, He says, that's a grade A top choice meat. And I don't know why, but I will always remember that line. I don't know why. I just remember it. You think it's the food? Maybe. that's a You love food. a grade A top choice like <laughs> steak, right? I love a delicious steak. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a good ground chuck? Yeah. I'm so, um, well, that's not really a steak, but. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little about meat. Yeah, um, so, I w- I'm sorry, vegans. You know, I try my best to lower my meat consumption, but do you? I do. Yeah, I try not to eat too much meat. All right, vegans, keep listening. We're doing the best. I'm we not can. saying I don't eat it, but I'm just saying, like, no, I you're, try you're not vegan. To- <laughs> I literally said sorry, vegans. I'm mm-hmm. not a vegan. So Jane <sighs> liked the line where the guy was degrading the woman and referred to her as that, and she thought to herself, "That's the same line I use when I see those chicks out in the streets." Um, and I've seen Jane, I've seen Jane I, a young filly. And, Ew. <laughs> and I've seen her make her way over and like I've seen her shoot her shot. So like I You've know what it's You've never like. ever seen that in your I've seen you. I've seen you walk up to a lady on the street and be like, hey ma, hey ma, come here for a second. I've seen Jane say to a, say to a, a young unsuspecting lass, um, mm. hey, what's your name? And then the and then the the woman responds, not interested, and then Jane goes, Oh. So is that interested? Your first or last name? <laughs> it's like Jane hits him with that very like she mm. gives him that that Boston that Boston uh, swag charm that swag. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's her and her Tims and her starter jacket, just like very much my the style. Very know. much how I handle all of that. But it's this moment we, too. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. 
No, go ahead. After I've insulted you, I'm like, oh no, I'm so, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, I was just gonna, I was gonna say that it's this is a really funny scene too, though, because it's like the scene where Robbie realizes that like, if there was any like, if there was anything that was keeping him from like making his move on Julia, like if there was any sort of sense of like whoever this person is who you're with loves you mm-hmm. and cares about you and wants to be with you, because also in this scene, Robbie, ba- I mean not Robbie, Glenn basically makes it clear too that it's like. I don't, it doesn't, he's, he doesn't say I don't love Julia, but he kind of does like in a not like, he's like, well, I guess it's, you know, we've been dating three years. She wants to get married. I got to get married. Yeah. It's like, there's an, it's easy. It's just, it's easy to do. This is the, this is the least complicated and this is the path of least resistance for him. So I'm going to do this thing, even though I'm not enthusiastic about it, just because it seems like, and he also says she was with me before I made my money. So I know I can trust her. So it's like, yeah. these are the reasons why he's making the decision that he's making, mm-hmm. um, which do it not a wife to, or a partner. Yeah. This is not how you should pick the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely not a great, great. like. System. But I'm also sure there's plenty of men who do this as well. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure yeah, this that's is the one thing Bezos like- was thinking about too. Like, <laughs> you know, she's been here since before the come up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now she's giving away all your money to charity, which like good on her. Thank God that woman's Absolutely. really putting her money where her mouth is. Give me a billion. To do my I thing feel with. like if you reached out and like wrote a compelling enough letter, you could get maybe not a bill, but like maybe like ten mil. I did write Oprah Winfrey when I was in high school to try and see it to try and get her to pay for my college, and. <laughs> I received radio silence in response. I really thought I was. So wait, not that response. And when I tell you, hey, you you know what? You got to do what you got to do. College is so expensive. When I tell you, I it it was just a matter of it was just a matter of when for me. It was not if Oprah responded. (laughs) It was when I didn't get. I got dust from Harpo Studios, baby. I was like, I cannot believe she didn't respond to me. The delusion. Like, who do you think you are? You nut. Like, I wrote her that letter and I was just like, problem solved. The, the clock is ticking. I can't wait to have a free college Checking experience. the mail, everything. I didn't even tell my mom I did it. I remember did. I did it. No. And then I told my mom, like, I was like, I wrote Oprah. And she's like, what do you mean you wrote Oprah? And I, was like, I wrote her to see if she, like, she's like, what? why? Like, why would she do that, Brandon? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. She's like, yeah, me neither. Idiot. She's going to sit down in the other room. Probably going to find someone who is in, like, far more dire straits. Yeah. Like. I was like, why don't you go finish chugging that gallon of Hawaiian punch you just pulled out of the refrigerator? That seems to be something you're good at. <laughs> Certainly not getting scholarships to college. Um, so, yeah, it was very, that was the moment. Um, yeah, Can she was giving about- scholarships to pre-diabetic 18-year-olds. You know. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So we, it didn't work out. Can we talk about the final scene though? Because Absolutely. I mentioned it in my um synopsis about how fucking enormous this airplane is. Robbie gets on to like go stop Julia from eloping with Glenn. It's a big one. Is that real? Like airplanes were not that big, were they? Dan, what do you mean? I feel like it, it, first yeah. class. They were that big? I mean, I will say that, like, that the moment in Robbie gets on the plane, he ends up buying a first class ticket. He's sitting in first class. He's, he ends, and it's a, it's, 
Yes, there are planes that are that big. He's sitting in the he's sitting in the first class area on the plane, which also has like a like it has like a winding like staircase that goes up to another level. It's and um, Dave says it's a, it, planes are that big. It's a seven forty seven. Okay, I guess like a I'm not I'm not that well. It is a bigger aviation. plane than we typically. You're right, Jane. It's a bigger plane than we typically get on to go from point A to point B. One thousand percent. Like I haven't been on a lot of planes that big, and like I will say, but like. It's just enough but room even for like, now, if that plane that size existed, don't you think they put like a billion seats in there just to but be no, able to... But no, because if you like, if you think about like Emirates and like some of those yeah. really posh airlines were like, I one of my coworkers, true. I remember she flew, she flew to Dubai on Emirates. And I remember her talking to me and about like taking a shower on the airplane. And I was like, what? oh my God, I've seen all these TikToks with like, this is how I got like four first class tickets for my family from here to Australia. And we have these sleeper beds and like, I, I, I haven't seen the shower thing, but they're like eating caviar on these planes. And I'm like, literally, I, I am like packed in like cattle yeah. with these other people on this And that plane. one time they actually branded you, which I still think we should have filed a suit about. Cause that was- well, I did, I did, I did call Glenn Lerner to um, start, you know, the legal proceedings and I have been waiting. To did you do 222 or two 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 twenty two twenty three? Cause I know sometimes I you get your think- numbers confused. Uh, yeah, maybe it was two, 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 two. After two, two, two it gets murky two, for you two, sometimes, two, Mama. Twenty three. I know. After two, I get confused. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I heard about that, and I also thought that you know. And you're right, sleeper car. Are you kidding me? Also, there's no need for me to have a bed on a plane because I can white knuckle it in I, that seat. I need to be alert for. <laughs> for See, I'm not a nervous flyer. I'll, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be anymore. Of course, you don't want to be. I hate but it. But I will luxuriate in that kind of like bed oh. moment. I don't be wasted on you. But I, I would feel like I was in my coffin. Is what I would feel I would, like if I was laying in a bed on a. <laughs> oh my god! I'd be like, bring me an entire bottle of champagne, a tub of caviar, and like whatever you know, whatever you got going back there. Set up a movie. I'm about to get my life. That's what you text me before you come over to my house <laughs> and i'm sometimes i can do it and sometimes hands are tied baby girl and uh <laughs> the hands so have been it. tied a lot recently just fyi absolutely um, um but no i've gotten you. a tub of caviar i'm gonna take care of you i'm gonna get you that caviar tub we're going to costco tomorrow so okay great um great. It'll, it's not gonna be you're not getting like beluga <laughs> but like um we're gonna get you something real cute something real cute right. real close to, to that, right. you know Hashtag facsimile. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we get this really funny scene right at the end of the movie where Robbie's on the plane and he sort of starts divulging to everybody in first class about his like troubles. And, and everybody quickly, and Billy Idol. And, yeah. And then Billy Idol shows up and he's in the mix. And Billy Idol apparently only did this movie because his son was a huge Adam Sandler fan. And he was like, oh, that's watch, cute. If I'm going to have to watch the movie all the time, I might as well be in it, is what he said. Yeah. Which I thought was really <laughs> funny. Um, but also, it was this, it was a career resurgence for him and it exposed him to a whole new like uh, audience of like young people that had previously not really um, explored his music before. And they show up to his concerts apparently still today and they bring up the movie, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that um, is cool. Also, worth mentioning, this movie was made on a budget of $18 million and it made $123.8 at the box office. So, like, Jeez, that's one of the yes. reasons why Adam Sandler is, you know, like worth like $700 million is because he, like, oh he's God. made so many of these films that, like, 
he makes them there. None of them are like big budget films. Like they're all right. like around like 20 to 30 mil. And then they like make 10 times sometimes that at the box office. So it's like, this was also the year that Adam Sandler released the wedding singer and the, and Waterboy the same year. Oh my God. So, I forgot about Waterboy. So it's Have you like, seen Waterboy? I've seen, I've seen snippets. I've never seen all of Waterboy. No. Sure, I've ever seen all of Waterboy before either. And I wonder if that's aged well. We should check that out again. We should. Yeah. Go on down with that. There was sort of a weird like voice that Adam Sandler does in that movie. And I was wondering if that was Hey, let's um indicate let's roll it out and let's have the chat. You know what I mean? Let's have the chat. Let's do the hard work, which you and I are always willing to do. Also, uh, there was a mention of several um, marriages that uh, I thought was really funny. They <laughs> mentioned uh, Bert and Lonnie, mm-hmm. um, Lonnie Anderson, Bert Reynolds. They mentioned Woody Allen and Mia Farrow. Uh, yeah. And then they mentioned Donald and Ivana, um, <laughs> which. Did you All... see the post? Did you see the post from Ivanka's like classmate in high school? <gasps> yeah, she was Ugh. like they they indicated that they had taken her to get an abortion, which I'm sure is true. You fucking hypocrite. You... Sorry. There was also there was also like somebody else. There was another one of those senators who like came forward with his bullshit about like being like pro life, and then this woman commented and she said, "Yeah, she's like I didn't remember hearing that from your son when he took me to buy Plan B the night after we had sex." <laughs> totally, I and saw I that like, one yeah, too. Them all fucking drag all these pieces. Of shit. All of these fucking hypocrites all over the internet claiming to be pro life and absolutely using all of the medical services we have for women to take care of their own health. They take are taking care of their own of health and get all these, like doctor. get all these anti-gay, you know, congressmen and senators too, who can't wait to get to DC and, you know, find somebody with a fucking yellow bandana hanging out of their back pocket so they can get a little exactly. golden surprise in the fucking bathroom. Exactly. Assholes. Piss on me, but just no kissing. Oh yeah, no, you can piss on my mouth, just don't kiss it. Yeah, um, but kissing is gay. No, kissing honey, gay. <laughs> honey, you gay. <laughs> it all is. Get off friendboy.com. Um, so yeah, so we get all of this. We get like obviously there has to be the fallout, the fallout before we before we come back together. It's a, mm-hmm. it's the lightest fallout ever. It is so yeah. It is. It's. I wrote down like this is what does it. It's like a <laughs> moment where like Julia confronts Robbie after he's been he's gone to the big city to try and get a good job so that he can win over Julia. He is unsuccessful. He comes back home. Julia's bought this sheet music for him. She's with his name or she's made the sheet music for him with his name on the tops of the page to show her support for him and his career as a creative artist. And like mm-hmm. he basically says, like, oh, but you're only marrying Glenn because he's got all this money. And then Julia s- starts Which crying. Which is offensive. I yeah, it is. But that. I mean, it feels like it can be a conversation or like, whoa, that like that really wasn't like that's yeah, not but like every am. movie. No but one's having Julia starts crying and throws the sheet music in the air, and she's like, fuck you, and she runs off. And, and as retaliation, she decides to elope with Glenn. And she's like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll marry. I'll marry him quicker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so all of this happens, which leads to him getting on the plane to try and stop her. And then he's got the entire first class on his side. Mm. And they are all like, we're going to do whatever we can. And it's in that moment, cute moment, it's a really cute moment. And then they realize that 
that Julia and Glenn are on the plane. They're just in coach. So mm-hmm. like the plan set in motion and they all, the, the flight attendants, everybody sets about creating this distance. We also get this moment that I think is supposed to sort of give us like a clue into what life would be like with Glenn, where mm-hmm. Julia and Glenn are seated in their respective seats. Glenn is by the window. He's got the window seat. Julia's got the aisle seat. And Julia says, Hey, would you switch seats with me? Like, so that I could like, I, I think she says, I've never been on a plane before. And I'd love to be able to like get, that view i think uh, she's never been to vegas she's never been to vegas and she wants the, the view of flying them. into vegas and mm-hmm. seeing all the lights and glenn is like oh well, you know i hate the aisle seats because my elbows always get like bumped into by like the carts when the um flight attendants come through so no you cannot <laughs> and then we get this shot of glenn like savoring like the the window <laughs> view and like luxuriating in it while julia is getting her elbows like slammed. blocking her full view He's literally like... bogart in the window so she can't even like get a sliver of light out of it because it's all his <laughs> and julia is sort of having that moment where she's like oh he's a selfish pos and it's like yeah girl we already knew that though yeah uh, and so this is right before robbie bursts in he sings his song over um, the, which apparently the pilot didn't step in and be like, "Y'all are playing, y'all yeah, are playing is, around this with is like equipment uh, against like FAA Everything. regulations." Is that, that what would have been FAA? amazing if the pilot just like came <laughs> out and was just like, "Okay, hold on." Which so, like, this is all really cute here. and everything. Yeah, I want to so grow old with you too, but like, just this so is we're clear, inappropriate. We're running into some really gnarly turbulence in about five. <laughs> I actually wanted to get a hold of um, the flight deck to let them. To, I wanted to get a hold of the people on the ground to let them know it's about Air to get traffic more control. up here. And, and <laughs> imagine my surprise when I tried to hop on the radio. <sighs> And I start hearing this shitty Adam Sandler song. (laughs) And I can't communicate with people to save fucking lives. When we get down there, you're all grounded. (laughs) You're all getting arrested. You're all going to be arrested. This is basically treason of the air. And you will all be dealt with by the (laughs) air. And I, the air king, will not stand for it. And me, king of the clouds? I'm not standing oh, for no, it. No, 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 honey. This is my kingdom. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see, I don't see any flying, any flying velociraptors around mm-hmm. here, baby. Mm-hmm. I run, I run this whole set right here. Okay, mm-hmm. so try mm-hmm. again. Okay, mm-hmm. you're all fired. You're done. You jesters in my court. <laughs> exactly. This is like the vibe that I want, and I didn't get that. <laughs> You know, but instead I instead you got like a sweet romantic. Instead, moment. I got a sweet romantic comedy that wraps up with these two falling <laughs> in love. Even Billy Idol gets in the mix and yeah. sort of gives Glenn the, the what for. Glenn ends actually, and the one of the funniest parts of the scene is Glenn's trying to get to Robbie and Julia to like break this up, and he's being I mean, like, and Billy Idol is like pushing the cart, and he pushes the cart, and then he flies back to where the bathroom is, and when he slams into like the door of the open bathroom, the 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 flight attendant pushes him into the bathroom. And slams the door, which is just <laughs> funny to me because I love. There's something about the flight attendants allowing this to happen, and there's another <laughs> thing about the flight attendants being active participants. Active like, participants in like a passenger being like detained, being detained. Platform. It's like if I were <laughs> who like hasn't like, done anything wrong. No, <laughs> if I'd be flight attendant, I was like, can we? Can I do my damn job? You're all <laughs> you know. caught up in this, and you know, B two wants hot nuts. <laughs> I got to get those warmed up for him because this is before everybody has nut allergies. So like. We're still we're exactly. Still we're serving peanuts freely on this bitch, and they're done. They're done. By the way, everybody, it's these pretzels mm-hmm. now that they're giving us. Okay, oh, the nut God. allergy 
I, I respect you and your allergy, but they're not giving them out anymore. And when I tell no. you I used to love my honey roasted nuts. Of okay? course, they were delicious treat. Now we're getting cardboard Dry-ass like pretzels. Pretzels. And a thimble I mean, of water. On some flights, you get like a cookie. I'm like, I don't want Every a cookie. Every now and then you get biscoffs. But with the biscoffs, they give you that little tiny packet. And when you ask for a second one, they will give it to you, but they do it begrudgingly. <laughs> and you see it in their eyes when they don't want to. And there's something about it that's just like... It's a judgmental. We're all just it's judgmental. And it's like, what is this? A Weight Watchers meeting? I can have two if I want I to. I can have two. I want to be bad today. Exactly. About that. Called Will Afford. Mm-hmm. Like, give it <laughs> to me. <laughs> but yeah, you yeah. So there's a lot happening on this plane for me. And as one of the, mm-hmm. if, knowing me and knowing that I don't fly the best, no, um, a little I would be very like God, you wouldn't much, be too much movement, too much movement. Yeah. <laughs> you want to sit down. Like that would be me. I'd be, be like, everybody like, it took me so much to get up and get onto this plane. I need everyone to act appropriately at this moment. I just need to get like a shot or something, like just in the jugular right before the plane takes off. I mean. You know, there are drugs you could take. Smelling salts right when mm-hmm. I land and stuff. I don't want anything that's like approved though. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you want you want that. You want that black market shit. <laughs> you said it, not me. Um <laughs> and hopefully if you finally actually step up to the plate and you 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 make something of your political campaign and mm. this becomes a democracy, then you'll be mm. able to Get some of those drugs. Maybe they won't be so black market, huh? Maybe yeah, we'll buy them maybe. from the from the CVS if you're <laughs> not. If, you're if I'm in power, all drugs are illegal, baby. Go at it. Go to town. Well, see what happens. I, I think we need, a, we need some restrictions. But... Nope. 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 So it's just it's like Willy Wonka, but country. drugs. Anybody can take whatever they want. Ugh. Take it. God. I don't care. What? What am I? Your mother? No. Ugh, I, and I don't want to be. I'm I'm starting to distance myself from you politically. Oh, my campaign? <laughs> Thank God. Because honestly, you've been a stain on this campaign since day Oh, one. you walking around in your Target <laughs> polos with your messy Jordash jeans and your Timberland boots? Kissing babies. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, but you don't get consent. And that's the problem. Well, when babies can't talk. Oh, you, know? God, you love that. Okay. <laughs> this this is taking note. a turn. Okay, on that note. Um, <laughs> on the- <laughs> so, yeah, so we get our happy ending with um, our two leads. They fall in love, Julia they fall and love. Robbie. Julia is not never going to be Julia Gulia. She's Julia Hart, and they get well, married at the Julia end. Hart is Julia so Hart is, like, actually a great name. That's, like, the popular girl at school. I know. It's like, oh, my God, are you going to Julia Hart's party? And it's like, oh! <gasps> Oh my god! I didn't know she was having one. Wait, you're what not do you know? <gasps> and you're not Wait. going. Anyways, is there anything else you want to say about the wedding singer? It was really sweet, and it was nice to see that. You know, it's always nice to see that happy end. And these two, they were able to make it work. And it I was, know it's so it was cute, lovely to watch. Robbie and Julia both not end up with messy people. We Robbie almost gets back with Linda. We we have that moment, but yeah, not but really he, though because he like he was just drunk. It turns out and like yeah. didn't really consent to whatever happened the night before. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of dicey. It gets, gets dicey in that moment, <laughs> but we sort of just like, laugh over it. <laughs> I also saw that she's wearing his Van Halen T-shirt when he wakes up, and he says, "Take off my Van Halen T-shirt before they before they you, you the band curse they the up. band." They break and up. apparently they actually did break up in 1985, which I thought was really funny. Oh, I didn't know what year, but I know they famously like broken up a few times, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Well, 
I've got two questions for you, Bran. Okay. Would you, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say something. I thought you, yeah. <laughs> would you watch this movie again? Yeah. Yeah. Good. It was fun. Sweet. And do you have a movie for me to watch next week? I know that if I didn't give you a movie, I know that you'd be at home. You'd be twiddling mm-hmm. your fingers. You'd be terrified, mm-hmm. probably scared, mm-hmm. um, staring at a wall, chomping at the bits, punching the air. Why didn't he mm-hmm. give me a movie? What Bryce Brandon is much cooler than me. Ooh. Oh, and I'm tired yeah. of hearing about it. About so that, but... uh, you can go ahead and pop that polo collar. Um <laughs> I don't know why I said it has nothing to do with the movie. Um, oh. This week, you're going to be watching the 1993 epic that is Demolition Man. <gasps> okay. Is that, that Sly Stallone? He's not the only one at this party, baby. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. Oh, oh, I've already gotten a sneak peek of the cast. I will stop looking it up, but that looks like it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good time. And I've seen this movie before, but I will be honest in saying that I do not remember a thing about it. But I did see it in theaters with my mare. And, um... It'll That's French for my mother. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I assume because I, I forgot where I was actually because. I'm just translating for our audience, you know. No, I'm that's it. To... I thought I was on the Champs-Élysées yeah. for a second. Like, right. I I go back and forth so much. It's either I'm, I'm here yeah, sometimes, it's... but I'm in France. <laughs> what uh, country am I in? <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to um to catch some of my American listeners. And I can't wait. If you're listening, yeah. um, parlez-vous français. Um, I'll be back really soon. <laughs> Um, and I can't wait. Keep the keep the baguettes warm for me, please. Yeah. That's for all my baguette faggots mm-hmm. out there. Um, so I'm sure the baguettes will be nice and warm and fluffy for you. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I love it. And this has been a blast. Oh, um, it has. Watching this movie, meeting you. Um, mm-hmm. It's been mm-hmm. a really wild ride. Yeah, sure has. And we thank you all, all of you, for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed us talking about The Wedding Singer. We hope you enjoy. I'm sure all of you have seen this movie. And if you haven't, I hope you enjoyed All like, of you? That's like I, such a bold statement. I know, it's such a bold statement. Maybe some of you haven't seen it. I just was under the impression that Brandon is the only person who has not seen this movie. I made a lot. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars later, but I probably am, yeah. honestly. <laughs> but we appreciate you. We love you. If you want mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, follow mm-hmm. along with us, you mm-hmm. find us on Instagram. You find us on Facebook at Moves <laughs> and Miss. And you find us on Twitter at MWM Chat. Um, and we will see you next week for a demolition man. Thank you. Bye. 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 Instant classic. on me but just no kissing <laughs>